0: It up. Yeah! you're listening to the culture state podcast get ready Woo! welcome back to another episode of the culture state podcast welcome back to another episode of the culture state podcast oh that was just off the top right there i'm chris lee
1: <laughs> i'm dennis cox make sure you give us you a have to get
0: musical up. for this show you know what i'm saying
1: Oh, hundred percent. We've got a lot of musical influence on this, on this podcast and actually some more episodes regarding the world of music in the state of North Carolina <laughs> on future episodes. That's what we call a tease in the business folks. But first, before we get to our conversation today, I'd like to remind everyone out there, get out there and get some Papa Murphy's pizza every Tuesday, 1099 large pizzas at Papa Murphy's. Give them a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Papa Murphy's Papa Murphy's change the way you pizza. Now, Chris, As someone who is from the state of Virginia originally and has come to North Carolina and realized, you know what? Great things can happen in this state. Much like when we had rapper Big Poo on, born in Virginia, came to North Carolina, did big things. Myself included. Born in Virginia, come to North Carolina, trying to do big things. We
0: are the podcast radio version of Little Brother.
1: Yes, yes, 100%. We are. But did you know the song Wagon Wheel? old crow medicine show which came out in 2004 a lot of people may have first heard it when darius rucker covered it you know, about 10 or so years ago we don't count that version because darius rucker's from south carolina <laughs> because the song wagon wheel is all about getting to the land of the pine thumbing my way into north carolina that's right catch Secor, the lead frontman of old crow medicine show is going to join us on this episode today and chris he's going to talk about how he when he was in high school When he wrote the song Wagon Wheel, when he was in high school, his whole goal in his music music career, he's like, I knew I had to get to North Carolina because if I wanted to play and learn the music that I really wanted to do, I had to get to North Carolina.
0: Yeah, man, and uh, it's interesting. This is the first um, interview that I wasn't able to be a part of uh, at the time, but going back and listening to the interview, like it's it's a reminder of other things. Like uh, I remember you asking me one time about you know what are some different restaurants, and I guess I kind of took certain things for granted. I couldn't think of anything, but yeah. you mentioned Tex and Shirley's, you yeah. Know, and that is um, like a big time rush. Rest- like if you were from Greensboro, um, High Point, more than likely you've been in- to Tex and Shirley's, where I lived at in High Point. Um, There's a Tex and Shirley's uh, that was like right there next to it. So the one I'm used to going to is is the one in High Point. And um, yeah, and and it's just hearing the different references and and how how highly he spoke of North Carolina, but also the triad area. It was it was a good reminder uh, for somebody like myself who's from there of the things that we have that are awesome that you don't necessarily think about because you're used to it all the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, And so it was it was cool to kind of think about that and to hear uh, that part of the interview for sure.
1: Well, if you want to check out Old Crow Medicine Show, they're actually going to be playing at the Carolina Theater on Thursday, December 2nd, and Friday, December 3rd. I'm actually going to be at the December 3rd show. So hit me up at The Fan Rookie if you're going to be there if you're listening to this before you get there. Or if you're on the way to the show, hopefully you're listening to this right now on the the way to enjoy the show. Um, It was amazing how, Chris, he talked about, he really kind of got the last, of like the old, true, like folk music, Uh, influences like in the lifestyle that really bred that old that old folk music style it's one thing about North Carolina is a pretty eclectic mix when it comes to music we've often talked about the hip-hop influences but the Mm -hmm. folk music influences in the state are also extremely big as well so he talked about how he was kind of able even at a young age of 18 19 20 years old to really still be part of that last bit of that generation that really influenced that music um, in the early when he got down into Western North Carolina around the year 2000, uh, before eventually old crow medicine show got noticed by a gentleman, big, big time in the state of North Carolina by the name of doc Watson, uh, before he actually was able to get out to Nashville. Uh, and also he talked about how it was like working in the tobacco fields while he was in studying his music, um, or really cultivating the sound of old crow medicine show. So working in tobacco fields, also just the, uh, about how, during a time when like methamphetamine and like some of these other like narcotics had come into the western part of the state, um, yeah. during the you know about 20 25 years ago, about how that stuff started to creep in and how he was how he witnessed a lot of that stuff coming in and, yeah. and the boom that it took off. So, it's just the not only just a music lesson, like history lesson from Catch the Core that you're going to hear, but really a history of North Carolina lesson, uh, and, and the reasons why. Um, by Sir Walter Raleigh was an influence on the song Wagon Wheel while Bob Dylan was an influence on the song, too. Just there's so much history that goes into not only this song, but just the this song, but also just the sound that Old Crow Medicine Show developed. And you know,
0: and one of the things I think is interesting, too, um, you think about folk music, um, some of the origins of it and, and what it comes from, and the pain that people kind of put through their music based off of the lives that. Uh, yeah. that they live and the things that they see around in their communities, it's no different than, you know, hip hop. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, I think they just have different sounds they, mm-hmm. they're expressed in different ways. Um, but there's a lot of it and the spirit of it is very similar. Right. Oh, yeah. um, and so it's, it's interesting to kind of uh, hear about that and hear those stories and see what uh, kind of goes into uh, that music as well. The, the hard work, uh, the the pain the labor the the family issues the uh the you know the, the being low on the totem pole when it comes down to your your socioeconomic status uh, mm-hmm. you know it's, it's all of that that kind of flows into uh with it uh it's cool to hear it from this perspective as well but I think when you uh look at things like that from that perspective you get a chance to really understand and um and really just hold value of what, where the music is coming from. Um, there's a lot of real life situations that people go through and, uh, you know, and it's, it's cool to hear from, from this perspective as well. So, uh, you know, I've learned some stuff like I, you know, when you, uh, brought this up to me, I never heard of it before, but I know that I've probably been in places, uh, in a, in a certain arenas or, uh, games or whatever, where, you know, this stuff was being played. And, um, and, and probably missed it. And now I've gone back and I've listened and, you know, and things like that. And I'm starting to see like, okay, this is cool to hear this from the state of North Carolina. It just kind of adds on to the things that I listen to uh, from the state. So it, it's cool. Transplant taught the native something. That is amazing.
1: That's right. Had to do it. And, you know, fellow Virginian, imagine that. Fellow Virginian. <laughs> much like <laughs> well, my Chester mom was Moore. from
0: Virginia, so I learned a lot from her and I love her too.
1: Exactly. See, again, great people doing great things in the state of North Carolina. That's that's what we do. That's why we come here, Chris. For great. So you can actually do your great things. Well, <laughs> trust me. I had to I had to get out of some places to do great things. <laughs> <laughs> I can say those things. I can say that. I could say these things, Chris. Uh also one thing Ketch is gonna talk about as well is when he was, was writing the song Wagon Wheel. Again, he was late teens when he was writing this about how. Not only was his goal to get to North Carolina, but you're talking about like life and emotions and things you've gone through in life. It bleeds out in hip hop oftentimes. But when this song, he said, you'll hear him say it, it's like I was basically riding, you know, it was basically an autobiographical tale of my journey in music mm-hmm. to get to where I was and all the struggles and everything I had to go through to get there. They got discovered by Doc Watson playing in Boone, North Carolina on a street corner in front of a drugstore. That's where they got discovered. It wasn't like their stuff was out on the radio and someone picked it up or anything like that, heard it. No, they were literally picking instruments on the street corner in Boone, North Carolina, and that's where they got hurt. It's amazing. It's an amazing story.
0: Well, you can hear more after this break. Cat Secure. Secure. Sorry. I keep wanting to say secure.
1: (laughs) I told you how to say it. From Old
0: Crow Medicine Show.
1: I got it got Yeah, I
0: no, I, you know, it's, it's like it's like cocaine and me. I needed a couple times to say it before I got there. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna hear it right after this on the Culture State Podcast.
1: Old Crow Medicine Show, who's so actually gonna be performing at Carolina Theater in Durham on December second and third. I will be there December third, so come find me. I'll be there. Catch. Thanks so much for your time. Really do appreciate it. Thanks, man. So I'm excited to be on
2: the broadcast.
1: Yeah, this is fantastic. This is a a fun thing for me. So I was in college in the fall of 2004. I was a freshman. And later that first semester, someone came to my dorm room and said, hey, need to check out this song. Plays it for me. Didn't know who you all were at the time. Plays me Wagon Wheel. Instantly became one of my most favorite songs of all time. And I grew up in Virginia. But what was it about that song? There's so many North Carolina references. Obviously, referencing Raleigh, even the opening lyrics saying headed down south to you know, North Carolina. What is it about North Carolina that you made the focal point of that song?
2: Well, Dennis, when I was in high school and I wrote that song, I had a, a career plan.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I was going to get out of high school, which was in New England. I Like you, I also grew up in Virginia. But I went away to school, to high school in the state of New Hampshire. Anyway, uh, when I was a senior in, in high school that fall, listening to all this Bob Dylan music, so much of it in fact that i could have majored in in that subject alone i was flunking everything else except for bob dylan when i was age 17. (laughs) Um, my career plan was to take a job in greensboro at a uh, pancake house called texan shirley's so that i could do another job that didn't pay quite as well not that that job paid well at all Mm -hmm. Um, and that was the job of being a, a a musician in an old time string band out of greensboro north carolina and I, I had all all semester long to think about how I had this job being in this band, if I wanted it, and how badly I yearned to get out of New England and go to Greensboro, North Carolina at age 17 or 18 when I graduated, so that I could be a, a picker in this band. And uh, and so I wrote a very autobiographical song based on a lot of the Bob Dylan music that I was hearing, and on one specific song, an outtake of a Bob Dylan song called Rock Me Mama. Mm-hmm. And I wrote an autobiographical song about a kid hitchhiking to North Carolina because that was my story. That, and that's what I did. I did work at that Pancake House. I did make better money than I was going to make as a band member. And I subsequently uh, broke up that band.
1: All right. Well, you mentioned going to Greensboro. Actually, my co-host Chris is from Greensboro. So he's going to be very ecstatic to hear this. But you you made Raleigh the focal point of the song. Why, why choose Raleigh?
2: Uh, well, as a kid, I was really fascinated with the Lost Colony,
1: okay.
2: And so my um, well, I was really fascinated specifically with the Lost Colony, but generally, I was just really interested in uh, 18th century American history, and I was was fascinated by North Carolina's history. It felt, uh, you know, I was from Virginia, like I said, so mm. our history of that time is really well known. The histories of North Carolina was more it was more of a you know, a rural place. And it didn't have quite the pomp and circumstance um, of, uh, of where I grew up in Virginia. And so um, I looked to North Carolina as a kind of uh, more wild backwoods frontier type of history. Uh, and so I identified more with that because I was, you know, I want to be a punk rocker and, uh, and take the path less traveled, you know? So sure. anyway, I got really into two key, key characters. I got into Francis Marion, the swamp box, who plied the woods of South Carolina and North Carolina. And then I got into Sir Walter Raleigh. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but it had a ring to it.
1: Yeah, Sir Walter Raleigh. It's a, obviously a big name around these parts where we're located. So what was it about the, the North Carolina, or what did you learn about North Carolina's history that continued to, to, continue to pull you in? oh well
2: it it didn't stop there for me um after i wrote the song uh i i moved to to greensboro and and then later to um, rockingham county north carolina uh, to the community of madison or a smaller community that was unincorporated called bethany Uh, and that was uh in the reedsville uh zip code
0: yeah
2: so anyway um And then I I worked in tobacco, and then I moved to the high country. I moved to Avery County, North Carolina. See, when I when I wrote Wagon Wheel, I had no idea that I was writing my own bus ticket to a world that I was about to spend a lot of time in. Like I never oh, I've been to Johnson City one time on a Greyhound bus when I wrote that song. Uh, I wanted to make it Kingsport, but uh, Johnson City had more syllables.
1: Now you eventually with Okra Medicine Show. You, for those who don't know, you all actually started off, or much of your early years in the late '90s, working actually through upstate New York and across Canada, uh, from my understanding. But eventually, you found your way into Boone. You said you worked in tobacco fields as the band when you were in Boone. What was life like outside of playing music?
2: Well, it was it was great. You know, when when in the late '90s, um, having moved away from North Carolina. Uh, to go to, to Ithaca, New York, where I was in love with a girl up there. Um, I found a whole bunch of really great old time music and, uh, and we started our band there and we crossed Canada. But then we wanted to get back to a place that felt uh, more alike to the music we were making. And so we, we, we started casing Western North Carolina to figure out what town we were gonna to move to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the obvious choice probably would have been Asheville I don't know for me at 19 I thought Asheville was too on the nose or there was like too much of what I liked there and so instead of Asheville um, we we wanted to find more of a hinterland locale we didn't want to be around anybody our own age we wanted to be in a you know Appalachian community Uh, and so we ended up in Avery County at Elk Park North Carolina yeah and uh, and in addition to becoming a, a band in Elk Park and then Boone, which was about 25 miles away, um, that was kind of the college town that gave us this, what Asheville would have give us. Um, living in Elk Park meant that we were around all these folks that were living in a, in a folk life pathway that, that um, you know, I think you'd be hard pressed to find anybody living that way, even now. It's like we got the last hurrah of the primitive lifestyle of the, of the Southern Highlands. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know why we were lucky enough to do that. And that, that feels like a bold statement. Maybe it's not true, but you know, when we would work in the tobacco fields, they measured them in lengths and poles. Really? They pull out this big, big corded piece of metal and, and unwrap it. You know, this was all before cell phones. Yeah. This was before anybody used the internet. You know, this was 1999 and in, in, you know, Avery County, North Carolina, and Christmas trees and tobacco were still king. Yeah. And it seemed like all the young people had all moved away to go to college or work somewhere else. So it was a really fascinating time. And that's when we met the great North Carolinian, my most beloved North Carolinian musician, Doc Watson.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let's get into that. What was it? Uh Doc Watson, I believe, noticed you all on a street corner playing in Boone or uh where you guys were at the time. What was like the first interactions with Doc Watson?
2: Well, it was his daughter who heard us on the street corner, and we had made corn whiskey the night before, okay. and um, and we had made it with this this um,
1: uh, what is this, is this the kind of show where I can uh, drop expletives? You can, I can edit. That's totally fine. Yeah, I can. Make oh, okay. It. Well, <laughs> well,
2: I'm about to tell you about making corn whiskey, and that's where the expletives pop up. <laughs>
0: All right, um, let's hear it.
2: Because speaking of pop up thing that was the thing that we also predated in the Southern Highlands uh, was uh, crystal meth. We were there before methamphetamines had had really ruled the roost. We were there and it was fascinating to witness the um, the way that people were so lined up for the Oxycontin explosion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like we were we we made corn whiskey and we grew dirt, dirt weed and that was like being bad. But there were so many people that were taking LORITABS and um, you know, uh, um, uh, well, a- any of those. Uh, God, what else did we used to take? Klonopins and all of those, you know, pharmaceutical drugs that were that were not yet the the, the hardcore stuff that yeah. that was going to result in 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 this crazy explosion of drug addiction in this region. And you know, not to um, not to suggest it's only a place. It's only a part of the mountains or only an epidemic in the mountains. Certainly there's, you know, that's happening all around the um, the where you where you're from, too, and particularly in Eastern Carolina in rural places. But I just felt like I was in a spot to bear witness to the um, the very first um, 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 building of the tidal wave of of addiction that was getting ready to crash over rural America. Okay. And man, I, I, you know, it was, it was, it was very sad to behold it because I go back now. And it's not the same place.
1: Mm-hmm. Now. So you say that, uh, Doc Watson's daughter was the one that noticed you. Sorry. I digressed from my whole <laughs> no, 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 that's totally fine. Oh, uh, it's what, just because it's just because the guy we were making corn whiskey with
2: yeah. was going to die in a couple of years
1: yeah yeah of so an
2: overdose yeah so uh, just- and So anyway it was the 5th of july i know because we made whiskey on the 4th of july we okay. took it from a, a, a steam distiller out of lynnville north carolina you needed to have me on this show for a long time now i got yeah. a lot to say about north carolina you can you can keep going <laughs> all right anyway um it all started with us tying the rebar stakes for the new hospital in Linville, North Carolina. Y'all know this region. This is the Grandfather Mountain region, right? Yep. Well, we were working able body there, which is what they called manpower. A lot of day labor. I worked in High Point. I worked in Winston-Salem. Sure. Oh, I worked all over the, the, the triangle doing in the triad working for, you know, day labor. Got a lot of gigs that way. Anyway, that's where I met this guy that was going to become a crankhead once the crank arrived. But at, up at this point, he was just sort of a, uh, you know, uh, um, a guy that visited the doctor's office a lot, got a lot of the good stuff from the pharmacists up in Mountain City. Anyway, we got this great big water distiller device, steam distiller, and we made whiskey over the course of a oh god, it took about two weeks to make it to get the corn beer ready, and we made it all. According to, you know, the old way of doing it bought the made the corn beer in the bathtub and all that drywall buckets Anyway, so the day after that all hung over and broke We went down to busk and King Street because all the tourists come up from Charlotte. It's a Sunday It was a good time. We were making about $200 when this lady walked by and she was like, hey, I really like this Y'all sound so good. My dad loves this kind of music Are you gonna be here for a while and we didn't think nothing of that We said maybe And she came back about an hour later, and it's a good thing we didn't split because she walked her dad, Doc Watson, right across the street. And he really liked eating at the Boone Drug there. They had a lunch counter at that time. And he drank us in with those great big ears of his and on the spot gave us our first big break in North Wilkesburg, North Carolina the next spring.
1: So let's let's go into that big break. At what point you all, before you know it, you're performing in the Grand Old Opry. At what moment did you all realize that, hey, just a few years ago, we were making corn whiskey, and then now you're performing in Nashville at the Grand Old Opera? Was there a moment of, like, realization that, like, what what happened between now and then that we got here, we finally made it here? Was there a moment of clarity for you?
2: No, we, it, it really took a lot longer to kick in that we had left the – it's because when we first started playing the Opry in Nashville, we kind of – moved to the part of Nashville that was most like where we come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we sort of traded uh, a rural poverty for an urban one. And that okay. was really fascinating to uh, then live in a, you know, a, um, a neighborhood where there was, you know, a lot of prostitution door to door and you always get a knock in the middle of the night, somebody with a gas can on your porch. And um, everybody uh, was, uh, everybody carried guns, just like it had been when we lived up in the mountains. But now now it was in the city okay. um, and it, it felt uh, it felt more um, uh, hostile than it had up there where it felt more clannish, um, more secretive up on the mountain, more desperate down in the city. Uh, so it, it, it wasn't for a little while until we got out of that situation and started making real money that um, that, that point of clarity you're asking about came. Um, but, you know, it was never lost on us that, or me that, that, um, that North Carolina had really been the proving ground of the band to move to Nashville. You know, we were so interested in gaining a kind of cultural authenticity with which to authenticate old time hillbilly music. And, you know, for, uh, for kids from the 1980s who stood in line for, to get their first copy of Nevermind or, um, you know, like had been to Grateful Dead shows like I had in my teens, I really needed to um, sign up for a kind of hillbilly boot camp in order to properly authenticate the music.
1: Now, performing in North Carolina, obviously clearly have a deep and rich history in this state. Does performing in North Carolina just have a little something special to it as opposed to performing somewhere else?
2: Oh, totally. Totally it's because it's a region that's so synonymous with the origin story of the music that I play, Mm -hmm. you know, like I go to Gastonia, and I know that this is a town full of the, of the, of those Appalachian mill uh, families who sent their sons and daughters out to, to work for a wage. And, and, you know, just like somebody might say, I'm the first generation of my family to go to college. Um, The folks that, that populated those mill towns, um, like Gastonia, and so many others, were the first generations of their families to leave and to go elsewhere to make a wage, to leave the farm. Um, so I love that, and I, you know, and playing in, um, you know, uh, up along the, um, playing down on the coast, I, I just feel the history at every turn. Every town in North Carolina has contributed to American music. Uh, and and there are places that do that more famously um, in Mississippi and in Tennessee and um, and, and in Louisiana, um, but um, but North Carolina's contribution to popular American folk music of the of the 20th century is is largely unparalleled and um, and just a f- fantastic uh, field of study and you can just feel the echoes of those contributions in every town.
1: Who are some other musicians from the state of North Carolina that you would just love to not only share time with, but maybe even share the stage with?
2: Uh, Well, um, one of my, um, um, one of my favorite blues singers down around the triangle um, is a fellow named John D. Holman, um, who's probably been dead a while, but um, I got a chance to play with him when I was a kid. And, and of course there was the great um, um, uh, African-American fiddle, Champion uh, Joe Thompson and his um, his uh, um, brother Odell, who were from Mebane, North Carolina, up by Burlington. I got to play with them when I was, you know, seventeen or something. He had a hog hanging in the smokehouse. I mean, it was otherworldly uh, to get to to get to participate in that. Um, I would have loved to have played with the um, blues woman Algie Mae Hinton, who was uh, from Silva. Um, I would have loved to play with Etta Baker, who was also from West North Carolina, another great African-American woman guitar player. Um, you know, and then, um, and then past the musicianship, uh, there were so many folks that I would have loved to have met that were songwriters. And, you know, one of my favorite songwriters is from Durham. Um, and, uh, and, he, uh, and his name is Don Schlitz. And he wrote the gambler among many other songs. And really uh, Don is one of my, uh, one of my songwriting friends here in Nashville. I saw him just the other day. Um, So it's a really, it's a really wonderful, wonderful contribution. Y'all have made.
1: Now outside of the music and the style of music that you play, are there other genres of music that may have influenced not only your writing and your playing?
2: Sure. I mean, I listen to a ton of rock and roll and I mean, every punk rock and you know, the Beatles. And I listened to a ton of Bob Dylan and and then I I listened to a lot of Willie Nelson and um, Merle Haggard. I I saw Randy Travis the other night in Nashville. He can walk now. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. It's really, really wonderful to see his um, his improvement. He's had just such a terrible decade.
1: Now, for you all as a band i'm going to wrap up with this i'm going to take up too much of your time the band uh you've all had a lot of different members come and go over the course of the better part of your know, 25 years of the group what is next for old crow medicine show in terms of the evolution of your music and the band and what you all are bringing next well we we
2: the big change in in old crow here is that we hired two new band members from north carolina and hey. it made all the difference, man. Better. So um, when you see us next week in in, in Raleigh or we in Durham, I mean, um, we're going to be bringing out um, um, our, our new lineup, which includes uh, from Lake Norman, Mooresville, North Carolina, yeah. uh, Mike Harris, who is a wonderful res- resonator guitar player and uh, banjo player and picker, uh, who has most recently been in Chris Stapleton's band. Yeah um and then also um a really exciting uh young musician from stokes county north carolina uh and his name is mason vi and mason was um uh somebody that we just heard about because he was getting popular in the traditional music circles raised in bluegrass he's about he's about as old as the band is about 23 24 and um and so with these two new North Carolinian voices, I think we've kind of come full circle to the evolution of the band. And, um, we got, we recorded two records in 2021 and, uh, at least one of them is going to come out, um, in 2022. So it's going to be exciting year for us.
1: I'm definitely looking forward to it at the Carolina theater in Durham, December 2nd and 3rd. Make sure you check out Catch the Core and the entire Okra Medicine Show lineup with some North Carolinians added to the group catch thanks so much for your time I really do appreciate it yeah thank you so much for the press it's been fun being on the show and uh and uh
2: man y'all are making me proud for the great state of north carolina hey you're making us
1: proud too you're making us proud 100 bam just
0: like that I want to thank catch for coming on uh and uh and, and gracing us with with not only yeah. his presence but the stories of the state of North Carolina, just the experiences and things like that. So um, you know, this is like I said, this is what this place is all about, man. Uh, this show is all about is to uh, highlight these types of stories from people who are doing great things, who are impacting pop culture, who are impacting the world of sports, who are impacting the world of wrestling, and uh, they're all doing it having some type of North Carolina tie, whether they're from here. Uh, they moved here or just whatever it may be so uh, i want to thank him for adding on to that tradition
1: you know and it was a cool thing catch K- brought up the fact that he was so enamored or, or loved studying 18th century history of, of north carolina and how that influences his music you know that's one of the reasons why he uses raleigh because of sir walter raleigh in the song wagon wheel that Like who, who does that? (laughs) You know, like who thinks of like, you know, I'm going to do some 18th century history of this state and it's going to come out in my music. And this song that just happens to go double platinum, you know, with over 2 million copies sold for that song, you know, whatever, no big deal. It's just, it, it, it blows my mind that it's gone. It goes to that, that depth uh, in terms of the influence, as opposed to oftentimes nowadays, unfortunately I've at least, my opinion a lot of days it's just all right what song can i make now that's got a catchy beat that can you know kind of catch on so it can be like (laughs) on tiktok or like or something along those lines like it really is changing i mean to be honest tiktok and stuff is changing how music and stuff is made nowadays but the realness and depth of music is what i really enjoy this is why i love going back and listening to to music that was older than what we're hearing nowadays is because yeah some stuff is fun but give me something that's real because I'm going to feel it yep. and I'm going to keep coming back to it.
0: Do you want some more 18th century uh, history of the state of North Carolina? Do I? Well, I'm going
1: to give it to you anyway.
0: <laughs> okay. First president, first president of, of Greensboro College, Solomon yeah. Lee, L-E-A. Oh. Okay. The last name L-E-A, of course. I mean, they're <laughs> slave owners, but the last name L-E-A, of course, there's a town in Caswell County named after okay. them leesburg ah this is where my family came from okay and so there's that connection there between that and um you know and of course the the lee family kind of did their thing bouncing between you know of course based in uh casual county bounced between there raleigh there and greensboro so i just think it's kind of interesting with my life trajectory yeah. <laughs> and how things will kind of happen uh with that so, you know, there's some other things right there for it. I should probably write a song about all that.
1: Let's do it. Let's do and, it.
0: And ask Catch to come on and, and just come on with us and, and provide the vocals.
1: Yeah, 100%. He would do it. I'm sure he would do it because he's all he loves <laughs> North Carolina. He talked about it in the interview. Just how North Carolina, why performing and, and why this state means so much to him. Even though he wasn't born or raised here, the state's still you know ingrained deep in what he does. Catch Old Crow Medicine Show. At Carolina Theater in Durham, December 2nd and 3rd, that Thursday and Friday this week. If you're catching it, this podcast, again, we drop these on Wednesdays. So if you're catching it right now, go check them out. I'm going to be at Friday show. Uh, I'm I'm excited. I've seen them once before, Chris, about five years ago in uh, in Cary. They put on a heck of a show. And they have two new band members, Old Crow Medicine Show does. And guess where they happen to both be from? North Carolina. North Carolina.
0: I got to make sure uh, I catch them at some point. It won't be uh, this yeah. week as we're recording this, but uh, when they come back, let me know so we can go to that. It's a blast. And you know what? I-, I was thinking more about this. We talked about this on our radio show, um, Culture State Saturday, about a tour of Winston-Salem. So I'm thinking the perfect tour for you to have, all right, okay. on a Saturday when, it's good, when there's good weather,
1: Okay.
0: Uh, maybe in June or July, I'm going to take you to Winston Salem. Okay, we are going to uh, go get something to eat at Foothills. Okay, we're going to go stop by Dewey's, get us a little some square cakes. Okay, mm-hmm. then we're going to go to Bowman Gray Stadium, catch um, some some racing. This is where okay. it, it all started, and the King Richard Petty kind of got his uh, yeah. career kind of started off right there, and a lot of uh, great uh, racers came through there. After that's over. Um, shoot, if sweet potatoes is still open, we might have to go eat at sweet potatoes, maybe instead of foothills. Um, but after that's over, we can go to 4th Street and bounce around some bars. Um, so that you can see that Winston-Salem is more than just a stop to
1: Asheville. Okay, more than a pit stop on the way to Asheville. Okay, all right, it's a great place to stop if I'm heading up to Hanging Rock in Stokes County. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which was mentioned by our good friend Catch Secor. So big shout-out to Catch. But, you know, one yeah. thing we can do, Chris, obviously do that on a weekend, but on a Tuesday, we can stop by Papa Murphy's Pizza, 1099 right. large Papa Murphy's pizzas. Right. Give him a follow on Twitter and Instagram, at Papa Murphy's. Check them out for sure. Papa Murphy's, change the way you pizza.
0: Yep. And change the way that you rate shows. If you never rate shows, can you, can you give us a rating five stars? If you're uh, on Apple Podcasts. we'd really appreciate that. Uh, Also we'd appreciate some follows. I'm at Chris Lee TV on Instagram and Twitter.
1: I'm at the fan rookie. Follow us at culture state pod.
0: It's there it's up and we're here to entertain and educate and uh, create community. So thank you so much for listening to this culture state podcast episode. We'll be back next week with another great one. Of course, another great person representing the state of North Carolina. We out.
1: The Culture State Podcast, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network with new shows coming out every Wednesday. Download and subscribe from wherever you get your podcasts, including the WREL Sports Fan App.